It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Host Carla Nivens. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview, we're going to set the tone like we always do with some worship music. This is True Worship. It is from my CD, True Worship. Sit back and enjoy.
Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. I hope you enjoyed that song, True Worship. It is from my CD that's also called True Worship. Well, our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries. Just go to their website, go to Love Ministries Builds. And you can also go to my website. You can find out everything that's going on in my life at CarlaNivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K and Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, I am very excited to welcome to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show for the first time, Miss Holly Nichols. Holly is the regional coordinator for WorldLink for the western half of the United States. She is joining us from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome, Holly. Thank you, Carla. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are very excited to have you. So, Holly, um, I just had to to make sure that I was going to get this right before we started uh, the the radio show. Holly and I met at Texas Tech University many, 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 many years ago, even though we're still 25. We might be 28. We will stop at 28. Yeah, that sounds good. 28. But uh, we met at Texas Tech. Uh, we were uh, both in Phi Lam, a Sigma Phi Lambda, and we figured that that's about where we met. Um, one of your best friends was my big sister, so we kind of all ran in in the same circle. So um, I'm so excited for you to be here, excited for you to share, you know, some of the things that are going on in your life. I remember Holly about you that you have uh, you had like this great laugh. You were always the life of the party, um, had such a uh, such a heart for the Lord, a wonderful witness um, you were. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for you to share that, you know, with, with our listeners. Well, that was too kind, Carla, because and we were all seeking, seeking God wholeheartedly back then, and hopefully we still are even more now. That's the goal, right? So, so right. we just have to keep plugging away. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Holly, really the first thing that I really want, uh, would love for you to share with our listeners is about uh, the one word that you and your friends do. Um, And I know from back then, I'm sure you have just um, a great group of friends. So, and, and people who encourage you, um, keep keep you on this walk you know with the lord cuz things happen and you you get down from from time to time so you really need like your good core of of friends and i'm sure that you have that but i saw this post on your facebook and i was like let me get holly to come and talk to us about this because as the new year starts and everybody knows how 2020 was um so different so many things that we feel like we were going to get a chance to do were taken, you know, away from us. Um, we had to go into a whole new mode of life. So as 2021 starts, everybody's searching for what is going to be my direction, what, you know, what is going to be my focus this year. And I saw that you and your friends, um, you all have been doing this for a couple of years. You can tell me how 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 long. But years ago, it says in Colorado, a few lovely ladies and I came up with a spin 
on the New Year's one word idea, and you all have been loving it ever since. You each pray on a one single word that it, God is revealing to you and putting on your hearts for the coming year. So Holly, kind of give us the background of how you all started doing this and what does this mean to you? Yeah, sure. Well, actually, and my my closest friend, who she's actually my roommate, we work together. We've known each other since about the time I met you. So we've been uh, in each other's lives for more than half of our lives. And she found this actually 11 years ago. So it was 11 years ago she found it. I was slow to adapt because I usually let her do her thing. And so I was a little slow to adapt. And um, it took me a few years for her to, to get me on board. Um, but her and a Bible study group started it. And then I caught on after that. So that first year, she actually, when I was, um, we were talking about it, she actually heard it on a radio show. So that's perfect. And, um, so somebody had just mentioned this concept and just kind of in an interview of some sort, she heard that and decided, oh, let's do it as a Bible study. So her and her friends started seeking, at that time, they were seeking one attribute of God they would focus on and one word. And then over time, it's kind of developed where every year we do something a little bit different, but we usually just choose one, maybe two things to focus on. And for the last few years, we've really focused on one word, one thing. And the focus is different for all of us. So each of us pray towards the end of the year, and we start kind of just um, asking God what it is, or what is it you're talking about, to, you know, talking to me about, what is a word I'm seeing often. Some people do it differently. I've even seen out there, there's lists of words where you can choose from. But for us, we just really tend to just say, okay, what is it for, for this new year, a redirection, a refocus. Um, and it, it's been interesting to me because some years, um, she always takes it serious. She always takes it serious and she does word studies and she dives in and she goes hardcore. That doesn't always suit my personality. I don't always um, dive into studies. And so instead, um, I've just been interesting to see how that turns out for her. And it also turns out for me, even without all the in-depth word studies, um, for example, a, um, a, probably three years ago, my word was ask. So that, that was the one. And I thought, okay, I need to learn to ask questions. So I started really hardcore and tried to dive into, you know, what does ask mean? And looking at the Bible and trying to find every time I mentioned ask. And I got, you know, that took me about three days of going, okay, this isn't working. <laughs> this isn't my plan. <laughs> so I just started saying, okay, God, whatever you want to tell me about ask, Teach me to ask better questions when I'm in prayer. Teach me to ask better questions of people. And, it, and I, I prayed that throughout the year. I watched for it every once in a while. She was great to remind me of that throughout the year when I was trying to, you know, trying to make a decision or something like that. So we did that throughout the year. And I think it was so funny because at some point about January or February last year, someone said, you know what? you just ask the best questions. And I thought, oh, okay, wow. God did something. So I didn't dive in. I didn't know how to dive in. But um, but just focusing on it, it actually brought out this idea of me being able to talk to God differently, to ask differently, and to talk to people differently. Um, last year, my word was vulnerability, um, which was, you know, proved itself throughout the year as well in different ways. And then this year, I'm super excited because my word is become. And I wondered if that was the word. Um, God's been talking to me about that that's really the purpose of what I'm doing, that any endeavor that he has me working on, anything that I feel a nudge to do one direction or the other, that it's just as important who I'm becoming and what I'm becoming is important to him. And so through uh, towards the end of the year, he started showing me it's all about being who I am, not trying to be someone different, not trying to be 
too much, um, mm-hmm. but just being and then coming. And so coming before him in that, that way. And then uh, it was it, um, honestly the week's been, what is it? The 14th. So two weeks into the year and all of a sudden I've already heard that word so many times. Our um, pastor of the, the group that I study with, it came and he said, Oh, we're going to be talking about becoming like a little child. And that's been our, our next season. And then I was in a prayer time recently with some of those lovely friends that you talked about um, earlier. And we were praying for each other for the new year. And as we were praying, and the, there were two girls who didn't know my word at all. And they said, become about six times in each of their prayers. So it's funny as we start listening for it, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it happens and we start seeing it and it gives us that focus. And so for me, it's always been a way that God just helps focus me on something that's bigger than myself. So that when I'm not, you know, we all get busy, we all get wrapped up in things. We're all going about life. It's just that one thing to say, stop. What is the mission? The mission is to become or last year to be vulnerable or to learn to ask. And, um, and so that's how I do it. Um, some of my friends do it differently. Like I said, my, my, um, my closest friend really studies out and goes hardcore into studying out that word that she has for the year, doing Bible word studies on it, really looking through, you know, the Hebrew and the, the Greek and the roots. And sometimes I've done a little of that, but most of the time for me, it's just God talks to me a little bit more simply. And so we just do it however, however it comes. We just take it. We run with it and we trust that it's going to be something that he's going to use to speak to us. Yeah. Amen. I, I, you know what? I enjoy that. I love that. I love things like that. I think that a lot of times we forget um, how powerful it can be to be in a group like that uh, and where there is a very strong spiritual connection where other people are, um, they're reminding you who you are and, um, just helping you to make it through life uh, successfully, helping you to stay peaceful and to stay calm and um, to stay prayerful and to continue to um, keep our eyes on the Lord. Yeah, I love that. And and I love be coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think the glorious thing is that even when um, so that post, for example, some of the people on there are people that we don't know as well, but because mm-hmm. of the internet, because of these connections that we have, then some of those are people that we are really spiritually tied to. Other people are commenting or just people that we know or that maybe she knows, but I've never met before. But it mm-hmm. does become kind of a community anytime we're focused on one purpose. Um, and so whether that's finding a word from God or whether whatever that is, that focus of that purpose, even if it's somebody we're not as connected to, we can still encourage and support each other. And like you said, you saw the post and we haven't talked in a while. And so, so all those things that I think that there's some things about just sharing our heart in a small way. So I didn't actually write the post. My friend did. It got shared to my page. And then all of a sudden someone else sees it. Someone else sees it. So whatever it is that God's talking to us about, whatever he's doing, I just think it's so amazing that when we reach out to other people, we have that chance to encourage each other, even by being a little bit vulnerable, by being a little bit honest about this is where I'm at. All of a sudden it opens doors for connections with people and we can encourage each other, whether we've known each other for 25 years or whether we've known each other, you know, we just met online. So I just love the concept. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, so what that means is that I can post too. So I can, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, for this year things, I think everything in my life has changed. So, um, I, I know this year my word is open, you know, I just need to be, yeah, don't try to hang on to different things or hang on to the way, um, things were 
or or exactly the way the Lord used to speak to me. Just be open to um, to new experiences and and changes and new directions. And don't be afraid to mix mix things up. Like be open to you know things being shaken up a little bit. Yeah, not bad. I love that. Girl. I can't wait to see what what happens through your openness. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That is wonderful. So Holly, um, catch us up also on um, the work that you're doing. I know that you are at WorldLink and um, you all do some very interesting, amazing work. I, I feel like this, and it's a nonprofit, right? Yes, it is a nonprofit. So I will clarify because we are not a ministry. We are definitely a nonprofit. We are in the secular world, um, but we are. But it's so I always want to let people know that because it is tied. We're tied to the Department of State, actually. So we are um, grant funded through the U.S. Department of State. And what we do as a nonprofit, we're we're tiny. We're um, the, we are just a you know a handful of people, but we try to do as much as we can to to make things better. And the way we do that is through international students. So we actually work with kids who are. 50 15 to 18, and they have been chosen for a scholarship to come to the United States through the Department of State. So, um, for example, like out of the former Soviet Union area, because that's an easy one to, it's a big area, but 42,000 kids a year apply for this scholarship to try to come and spend one year of high school in the United States. And out of those, approximately 900 get in. So it's a really selective group of kids. We never promise perfect kids, but they are a really selective group of kids who work hard. They, they work for six to 12 months to apply, um, to take different tests. And, and they do all these different things to prove that they have leadership potential, that they have academic abilities. So they do all these in English language things. So they do all this test, they do all these things, and then they get selected to come to the United States. And then through that, then, then the, um, the Department of State then spreads that out to different organizations. So we're one of those organizations. We're one of the smaller ones, but we're a little bit special because we focus only on that group of kids. So there's no way that someone across the world can pay to come and join WorldLink. Um, they can't just say, okay, here's a check and I want my son or daughter to come. The kids have to earn mm -hmm. it. They have to earn this, this really elite scholarship. And then through that, they get assigned to our organization and we place them in host families. So they actually live with a host family in a typical year. They live with a host family. They go to a local high school and then we run a leadership program alongside that. So that's kind of the overview of what we do, okay. if that helps a little bit for, for everyone. Um, and then this year's not typical, so we don't have the kids here in the United States. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So they're not, it's not a typical year. And they, they decided that that was not possible to, um, to get the kids here this year with travel restrictions and things. And mm -hmm. so we're doing a virtual online leadership program. Um, each of our kids have been assigned a host family that they talk with. Each of them have been assigned um, friends. We're working on actually getting American teenagers to apply to be, become friends with the students. So people with teenagers in the home can actually um, connect their teenagers to our teenagers, which is fantastic. And then we also run a leadership program alongside that. You know what? That's, that is what this year... <laughs> <laughs> Literally has been about, you had to figure out, okay, how can we still do our same programming? 
Um, yes. Because, you know, the young people still want that experience. How can we still do that same programming? But it's got to look a little different this look year. A little different, hmm. but they're hungry for it. And these kids are, they're hungry for relationships across the world. And they're, they're just so needing that. And a lot of them are also doing school from home. And so it was, it worked out well where we can do, we do a lot of online programming. We have one coming up this weekend with the kids where we're doing a diversity forum to teach them about what, what does this melting pot of America look like? What does that mean? So some of the things they would normally learn here, then um, we're trying to, to translate that into a virtual environment and then give them those same opportunities to at least have glimpses of what they would have learned during their, their school year. And then we are ramping up because we're all hopeful that by next fall that they'll be coming. So we're ramping up now to start looking for, um, so in the springtime, we're always looking for our host families and our coordinators and all that kind of stuff goes on the spring to prepare for fall. So we are actually ramping up for our 21 21-22 um, school year in hopes that they're going to, to be able to come in person in the fall. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And and I also like it that you said that this is something that the kids earn. So, yeah. uh, and, and I can imagine that the process to um, apply must be very lengthy and you probably have to have... Um, I don't know, such such a background to be able to make it into the top and be accepted into the program. Yeah, so they do look at their grades because that's obviously important. Um, but they and their English ability, they make sure that they all speak English because that's important to adjust. And so they they have to have that. But then they do interesting things like some of the countries, every country selects a slightly different, but they'll play games together, like leadership games, and they'll just observe the kids, see mm-hmm. who's rising to the top, see who's doing a good job, see who's taking those, you know, who's caring about the other kids in the group because they're trying to find the kids who will come here, make friends easily, adapt to a host family well, and it'll be a good experience for everyone. So they do all sorts of different fun ways to to keep that moving and to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So, so it's just not just, you know, like an interview or something for, you know, if, 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 if you're not a great interviewer and you watch the interview, you know, they really bring you in and observe you and to see if, if you would be a great fit for this program. I love that. Um, We, you know, here, sometimes we try to make it, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit too smooth, (laughs) for our young ones and this would be a different thing to to where you you definitely have to earn this yeah yes you have to know what it takes and you have to stand out from the crowd and 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 again we say we always tell people we don't promise perfect kids but we know for sure they have worked really hard they've gone through lots of processes and at least we know they really want it and that just changes the atmosphere there's lots of programs who you can pay you can write a check for 15 20 thousand dollars their parents can write a big giant check and they can come. But instead for us, it's like you earn it and we want to we want to watch what you're doing. And, and we don't have to do that. The Department of State selects that. They have committees and, and people who do that. And so we just are able to trust that they're sending us kids who've really worked hard and earned their way here. So I love that piece of what we do. I think it sets us apart and I think it makes our lives much easier for host families and for um, coordinators because our job then just becomes to foster and lead the leadership skills and, and all that they have to offer. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. I really love that. I was so impressed as I started learning about um, World Lincoln and what you do. So I've, I've got some more questions, especially about leadership and then also about how people can get involved. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back.
Every Heart, Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you go to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org. Also, check out my website, carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K. And Nivens is N-I-V-E-N. Well, I am so excited to welcome uh, for the first time, and we've been having a great conversation with Holly Nichols. Holly um, is the coordinator for, uh, the Western coordinator for World Link. And um, she's been telling us all about the the pro the program and I'm very excited about this because uh, we're spreading the word about something that is um, um, just I feel like it's groundbreaking. I haven't heard of an organization doing what you all do um, before as a nonprofit, and so I'm excited for more people to find out about it and hopefully get involved. Um, Holly, I read this quote on you all's website, and I thought it's just um, it's beautiful. And, and I think it's so now. It says, we people of the world need to find ways to get to know one another. For then we will recognize that our likenesses are much greater than our differences, however great our differences may seem. Um, that was said by Peace Pilgrim. So Holly, how does that quote find uh, work out in you all's organization? Oh, that's a great question, Carla, and, and that is the ultimate goal of what we do. So our um, our State Department, just so everybody knows, so our U.S. State Department actually had this idea. It was back in, um, right after the Cold War ended, then they actually started a program between the former Soviet Union countries as they were becoming new countries and our countries. So they did all sorts of exchanges back then, and it was adult exchanges and youth exchanges. Everyone was exchanging with each other to try to understand each other better. And one of the best forms tended to be the, the youth. And that's the one that stuck. So if you research, actually, there's teacher exchanges, there's artist exchanges. So if you're into interested in something, there are things that you can go out on our State Department's website and find. But for the youth exchange is the one that's still the largest. So it's, it's a big group. So they, they bring over students every year because they found that kids weren't set in their ways. And they could see each other as people instead of seeing each other as government officials or whatever business people. That's true. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we want those kids that, you know, the kids are ready to see people as people. And that's what we were looking for as a country. So the, so the State Department actually brought them over and did exchanges. And we've been doing that ever since. And that that's the kids that we get. So from that piece, um, the idea was that instead of seeing what's on TV about America or what you know what's being said about us, instead of seeing what's in Hollywood movies, they need to see real America and real people. And so I always tell you know our host families, you're the key. We we call our host families they're they're referred to as citizen diplomats because really it's just normal families. And normal life, you know, they're running to soccer practice and they're sitting yeah. around the table or trying to get dinner going and, yeah. you know, dogs are barking real life. And but then that's the real America. That's who we are. So um, that that's the real piece. And so we always when they go back home and they're thinking about the United States, 
We don't want them to picture Hollywood. We don't want them to picture, you know, the, the politicians on TV. We want them to picture the family that sat with them every night and said, how was your day? The family that, you know, and that helped them pick out a prom dress, those kind of things, those people, those friends and that family that they make here. So that's how it plays out is we, we can become family. It's one thing to know, to have a connection with someone across the world. It's another thing to say, my there, my host daughter in Armenia or in, you know, Mongolia. So it's a different, it's a whole different world to really see these kids as family members. And most of the time that's, is we bring them into our home, we, you know, we open up our homes and then all of a sudden we have a son or or daughter across the world. So that's how it plays out. And then as a country, we also took another step after 2011 with the the former Soviet countries, this is working. And so we applied that to a second program. So the programs that we work with and the, the Department of State works with, it's one that focuses on the former um, Soviet Union countries, so Eastern Europe and Central Asia. Um, not all of those countries chose to stay involved, so we've branched it out a little bit farther. We're going a little farther into to Eastern Europe. Um, and then the other program started after 9-11. We said if it worked with those countries, it can work with these other countries as well. And so we started a program that is for, um, for any country with a high Muslim population. The kids don't have to be Muslim faith, but they have to be from these countries and these regions so that, again, we can understand each other, what's alike, what's different, and to, to, and to accept each other the way that we are, to accept each other people. And again, it's super because when you're, when you're running, you know, cheering on the soccer field for your host son or daughter, it doesn't matter where they come from or what religion or what background they have. It's all about that's my, that's my child. <laughs> So it works. It really works well, and it works in the school as well, where they make friends with people who then become, you know, become their lifelong friends. So mm. it's working. This I love. I love. I'm all about it. I love it. So Holly, tell us spe- specifically what you do as the regional coordinator uh, for the western half of the United States. I've been doing something. You know, I've been involved as a volunteer or in some way since. Um, you know, since 2000, actually. So, so for 20 something years, I've been, I've been had some um, involvement. So as the regional coordinator, so things kind of have progressed over the time where now my role is, as you know, several, I do several things. So the first thing I do is here locally, I do what every local coordinator does. And that is that we find that we recruit host families that are willing to house a student. We, um, we, so we recruit those families, talk about our program, get people interested in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then when the kids are here, we try to make sure everybody's having a successful year. So we help with homesickness or, you know, those kind of things. We, we just make sure it's smooth for everybody. We're that third person that a family can say, wait a minute, what do I do about this? Or a student can say, I'm not comfortable because of this. And we, we can figure it out. So we, we sit there at the table and, and help negotiate the help make sure everybody's happy. So that's the main goal of any local coordinator. And then because I've done this for a long time, I've had the opportunity to grow into this other position where I do things um, for the bigger picture. So I actually hire local coordinators. Uh, most of our local coordinators are very part-time. Most of them have full-time jobs. They're, you know, they're nurses and they're teachers. They have their own businesses. So they usually have a really full life and a family and things going on, but they care about the world and they want to make some sort of an impact. And so we actually have a paid um, contract labor position, very, very part-time. We have 
And my job is to help find those people who would be a good fit for us, um, hire and train them, and then support them throughout their, um, their process so that they can be, make a bigger impact in their communities as well. And the third thing that we do is we do run a leadership program when the kids are here in person or now virtually, we're running this leadership program for kiddos and um, where we meet a few times with the kids throughout the year. So we help they're ready to go home to make an impact. So we do these leadership weekends where we bring them together and we teach about the, some of the different values that we think separate our country or that and volunteerism and um, leadership, things like that. So we actually teach them to run a project. And so and we, we do these different intro to leadership. And then, and then in January, we bring them together and we teach them how to run their own global youth service day project where they're going to go to their American high school and make a change. And so I help teach and, and run and facilitate that as well. That's nice. So number one, you make sure that um, every everybody's comfortable, the host family, the school and the child you know, yeah. is here and everybody's adjusting. And because there, inevitably there is going to be an adjustment period after all coming from two different countries, um, you know, worldviews, all of that, you know, cultures, man, different cultures for sure, yes, you know? Yes. So yeah, I, I like that. And then that leadership piece, I think that's so um, important for all young people, but it's so important because, um, and then you give them the opportunity to actually put it into practice at their yes. school. Yeah, we're doing, learning by doing kind of a program. We put yeah. them, you know, full, full force, jump into this new family and adjust. And now let's go into this new school and adjust. And we really, we want them to go home and not say, wow, I miss America. America was so wonderful and perfect. And that's not the goal. The goal is to to understand each other. And then when they see a problem at home, we don't want them feeling helpless. Like if only I was, you know, back in America, we want them to be able to solve that problem. So throughout the year, we have mm -hmm. this, this program that starts with the basic volunteerism within their community and builds up to hopefully, and, and it works actually, our alumni go home and they do amazing things. So we watch them and follow them and stay in contact and they go home and they're starting these projects and they're doing these great things around the world. So it's working again. So yeah. um, it's, it's what we do and uh, we're, we're pushed to be a as part of this and to facilitate relationships because we're facilitating that between the families will make a huge impact on the kiddo. So if there's a kiddo in your home, they have a huge impact by just by relationship and, and love and then the schools and then these projects. So we just get the privilege of facilitating all of that, helping it all come together so that they can all impact each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'm all about it. So tell us uh, another thing that I saw on your social media, the, uh, what was it? The kindness cookies? Yes. Kindness cookies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this year with COVID, we had a, um, we had a challenge because usually, like I said, our program builds, it starts by volunteering at a local 5k or, you know, with the local student council and they get to see volunteerism at work. And in some of our countries, volunteerism is catching on. But in some countries, people think you're crazy if you just go out there for free and start doing things to help the community. That's not part of every culture. And so we, we most of the time it builds from the moment they get here, they watch their families and their school friends all volunteer and they learn it naturally. This year, we said, okay, we have a challenge because we need to teach that same leadership skill and that same value, but our kids are not in country and they're not going to have the support maybe back home and our countries are closed, you know, around the world. So it's hard to find somewhere to volunteer, even if you're from a country that, that is a volunteering focused country. So anyway, we decided to make cookies. So we were trying to think of things that anybody could do. And we 
said, let's bake cookies. And so we did our first ever, and we're going to continue it. So our first ever worldwide project. So we usually do localized projects. This is our first ever worldwide project. And they're going to announce actually to the official numbers tomorrow, I think. But uh, the last count I saw was 9,528 cookies booked and I um, that were baked and given out in I think 19 countries. And so, um, so that was the, 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 how the impact we, it was our current students, past students, host families got involved and communities, people we've worked with, past host families, current families, everybody got involved. And some of them were just taking to neighbors or friends or family, but we actually saw, you know, in the country of the Republic of Georgia, it was a, um, they were given to refugees. We saw them given to, to doctors um, that were serving in the, you know, in the hospitals in Bahrain. We saw, I mean, it was just amazing things that we saw across the, the kids in Bangladesh. So the kids took their cookies and they gave it to different groups, different people. And so it was everybody from a family member and a friend to, to people, you know, orphanages in Indonesia. So the kids found places who needed them. They took their cookies. Many of our kids had never baked before. This was their first time. So they were getting help from their natural families and their host families about recipes. And so we, we did that across the world. And, and I'm ex super excited it worked and the kids were really motivated. So, um, so I'm excited to see the announcement to see exactly what the total was, but almost 10,000 cookies baked and spread with the whole goal of teaching kids, you can bake, you know, 10 cookies and be a part of something bigger than yourself. And you can give those out and it will make an impact and so that together. We can come together and spread some kindness when the world isn't always feeling. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to get a cookie? So, I mean, even, <laughs> even as you, if it's your first time. Uh, baking cookies is still a cookie. Like I'll still take it. <laughs> so I love that kindness cookies. So um, that's that. That is a great concept. I'm, I'm, and for it to be worldwide is um, is huge. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so how I, I know everybody's listening and they're thinking, okay, you all are telling all of these great stories and it's so feel good and we so need that right now. Um, if someone is listening and wants to be involved, um, what are the different areas and ways that they can get involved? Yeah, so I'll, so I'll tell you about some things. Um, so we Right now, we are in um, only a handful of states, but maybe you're listening and saying, we, we, I really want to host. Or uh, most people don't think I really want to host. They think, oh, I wonder how hard it's going to be to host. So maybe <laughs> you're thinking, how hard is that? I'm not so sure about that. And I will tell you, I started hosting myself. Um, I was 28 with a two-year-old child and a small home. And I saw an organization. It wasn't our organization. It was another one that I found first that had a need. And I took two girls in that year because I was nuts. And most people just take one and that's okay. But over the years, I personally have hosted 14 kids um, that would call me a host mom over the years. And so I will tell you that honestly, I, you know, I'm not a great cook. I'm not a super organized home. I'm not a perfect family. We are super imperfect, but we have some love to share. And that's all. You know, I have a little family member in your home who, you know, I have now international grandchildren across the world because those, those girls have grown up and, and had, you know, children and are living their lives. So I will tell you that that's the number one way that I think is the most impact and that you can have on a, on a, person is by welcoming them to your home. I know it can be intimidating, but um, you honestly, they don't have to have their own bedroom. They can share a room with, if you have teenagers in your home or have somebody, they can mm -hmm. share a room. 
Um, and then you basically provide meals and a bed and a place to, to live and that kind of loving family that they can come home to at the end of a day or to share their joys. And so you do that from August through our typical year runs from August through the end of May, early June. And so for that one school year, you welcome a student into your home and they become yours for the year and then stay connected after. Um, our program, because it's a scholarship, we actually pay for school fees, school supplies, medical expenses. So a lot of those things um, are, are taken care of by the organization. And we even give our students a monthly allowance. Um, so host families are totally volunteer. That's part of the visa requirement. Um, so families are totally volunteer. But our kids, um, we do give them that monthly allowance so that hopefully they have their own spending money. And hopefully a family that just has literally food to share, have, you know, bed to share in their home. Are able to apply and to host, and that's a good connection. That's the number one thing. And the number two thing, we're actually currently, it's a really good timing for this show because we're currently trying to grow a little bit. We realized when the world shut down that if a school district shuts down, we are in trouble. So, um, so we need to be open in more states and more areas. And so um, we are recruiting. Throughout, you know, I can't say completely throughout the country, but we're open to talking to people throughout the country mm -hmm. um, to as many as would want to talk to us. And if for Somebody's not able to grow where you are. We can also try to connect you with another organization that we would find to be reputable and, and a good organization. So we can work with you on that. So, um, but, if, but we would love to talk to people. Maybe somebody's hosted before. Maybe they haven't hosted, but they love teenagers and they don't mind being a representative of an organization. We actually do have that paid position. Like I said, it's very, very part-time. It's not a, you know, not a high big paying position, but it's a little bit of extra income while doing the work of recruiting and representing us and finding those families and helping to support those kids. So that would be number two and, and the other way that you can help. And then for people who just want to follow along and see what we're doing, we do have Facebook pages and things like that. You can keep it, you know, keep in touch, but I will tell you, I'll, I'll be happy to give you email address or however we want the, the yeah, people listening to, to yeah. do that. So um, you can reach it. I would, I'll just give my personal one because it's easier to probably but it's holly h-o-l-l-y at worldlinkinc.org so world is in the world link mm -hmm. is in you know, linking together l-i-n-k and then ink is an incorporated i-n-c so w-o-r-l-d-l-i-n-k-i-n-c.org and so you can email me there and um, and you can find us. That's our. That's actually our website address. You can check us out. But I will tell you that we're not going to pressure you. But we do. We will just help you know if it's a good fit, or if there's other ways that you know that you want to be involved. We can talk about that and see. Um, we are recruiting coordinators now, so you'd want to reach out to us pretty quickly. And how? And if can I give a gift away, Carla? Yes. Okay. So if you email me because our kindness cookies we've just turned them into a calendar and i'm expecting a shipment of calendars oh, to come wow. in and it's a beautiful with a cookie recipe every month so if you email and say i'm interested in anything then i'll send you information because it then at least shows that you're interested i won't bombard you afterwards but it gives us a way to do to um just be in touch so that i can connect you with our facebook and all that we're doing because we really want to people to know what we're doing. We really want these kids to shine and to have a big audience to shine before. So, so if you'll email me and say, I'm interested, I'll do a drawing and I'll give away one of those calendars of everybody who tells me by next week that you're interested. And if you want to say hosting or coordinating, great. If you just want to say, I'm interested, I'll send you our Facebook and at least we're going to be able to stay connected with people and at least start spreading the word bigger and bigger. And bigger. Yeah. I love that. So Holly, H-O-L-L-Y at worldlinkinc.org. 
I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I think we're all about it. It's hard if you find world link, just push contact us and say, put my name in there somewhere. Someone will get it to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Holly, um, tell us one of the success stories. You, I'm sure you have so, so, so many, um, but tell us one of the success stories that sticks out in your head of one of the young people that were here. Um, and then they went back and then they started doing something to, um, to help their country help the people in their country. So that's, uh, that's a hard one because I've literally had I've over 400 kids in my um, life oh, wow. um, over the last 10 years, plus the ones that came before the, before I started counting. So it's hard to tell one, um, but the first one that came to my mind as soon as you said that was a little girl named Summon. And, and again, for if any of my kids hear this, you weren't forgotten. You're all doing great things. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's me. It's my fault. <laughs> so <laughs> but there's just, I mean, truly, it's hard to tell all the stories. So do join our Facebook and read because it's an incredible amount of stories. But one that um, kind of that stands out as soon as you said it, I just saw her post recently. And so I'm sure that's why it stands out. But she was a girlfriend. And she's from Pakistan. She um, came and lived with a local host family here locally. And she was a great student. She did the right thing. She, but she was never the prize winner. Like she never, you know, for whatever reason, she just didn't get noticed to win this prize or that prize very often. Then she was always constantly participating, saying yes to things here, joining your family for meals, just all those kind of little things and having good conversations with people. And recently I just saw that beyond what she's been doing, um, as soon as she got back, she started feeding orphanages. She started sharing, you know, she started feeding orphans in different villages. She started collecting goods to pass out to these different people around her, her village and then the next village, the next village. And then recently I saw that she actually, during our program, she did a project where she had to focus on a group of people in need. So somebody who's discriminated against in your country and what can you do to help? So she started researching and she specifically was uh, was drawn to girls and girls and women who had been abused in her country, um, sexually abused or physically abused. There was such a stigma and a shame in their country that, that it was the girl's fault that they put themselves and they never blamed the men in that country. And, and so she was really touched by this group of people who were in She actually recently went home, that was a few years ago, went home, started doing different things for that group of people, for those women and girls. And then she started teaching some self-defense type classes, things like that. But recently she and her family opened a self-defense studio in Pakistan specifically for the girls, for girls to come and to learn how to stand up and to be empowered and to be empowered to, to be able to take control of their lives in a way that was safe for them, in a way that was healthy, in a way that they could feel some confidence. So with some simple, you know, the martial arts and self-defense type skills, but also confidence building where they could come together, support each other. And that can be for girls who had already been abused or girls who had, were not um, yet abused or had, were not in that situation, but wanted to protect themselves to make sure they were never in that situation. So I just thought it was such a huge thing. She's probably 21, 22 now. So mm -hmm. as a very young adult, 20, she's somewhere between 20 and 22. But as a very, very young adult, she's already made that kind of an impact and that goes beyond all the all the villages she's helping, all the clothing she's collecting. I mean, she's just giving her entire life to service to her country. Yeah, I love that. Holly, thank you so much for joining us. This has been just the most uh, wonderful conversation. I really appreciate your time. Everybody reach out to Holly at holly at worldlinkinc.org. 
everybody know um, that you are loved, that you are special, that the Lord is shining on you. And everybody will see you back here next week. Oh, mm-hmm.